Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. Yes, welcome to episode 82. How are you doing, everyone? Uh, before we get started, I just want to give a quick shout-out and thank you to the guys from Thought Cops. So, Kevin, Grant, and Zwick, thank you so much for coming on last week. Hell of a fun time. Great group of guys, so make sure you follow the links in the last episode and check them out. Yeah, no, we were really appreciative. Thanks for coming on. Can't wait to go back on your show or have you guys back. And maybe if we're lucky one day in the future when everything gets back to normal, we can all meet up and get drunk together. Yep, definitely. But uh, speaking of peop uh, buddies of ours, um, before we get we really dive into the episode, we just wanted to uh, kind of just throw out there our support um, for two buddies of ours. One... Um, Hibiki, a lot of you guys know him as Travis, especially those who follow our page, um, has gone through a terrible, terrible tragedy. Um, but his links are below for a Patreon where you can help him out. And also check out his site. He is one of the most hardworking YouTubers that is still growing and he puts out a lot of content. So really, if you get a chance, if you love wrestling, if you love video games um, or just a lot of content, you definitely got to give him a check. You got to check his channel out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like like you said, he went through the worst fucking possible thing that, like, me and you are both parents. Like, it's every parent's nightmare what he had to go through. So definitely check the link uh, to his channel. You know, leave him, you know, give him a subscribe. Check out some of his videos if you never have before. Uh, quick shout out to his buddies Colin and uh, Matt for keeping two of his podcasts running while he's obviously been away tending to things. But... Yeah, check out his Let's Plays, check out his Hibiki Hall of Fames, they're great little mini-documentaries on jobbers and the miscreants of the wrestling world, or his Terry Play series where he acts like Hulk Hogan and plays Wheel of Fortune and stuff like that, so... I mean, he's just a hell of a guy, and like you really just can't put into words what he went through, so... Anything you can to try and brighten up his day a little bit, you know, it would be appreciated. Absolutely. So, Travis, Hibiki, we love you, bud. I... You know, we're here for you. So we just want to throw that out there. And also our buddy Nerdy Nick as well. Uh, a lot of you may know him. He's cut some of the best promos for us we've ever had. Um, and he's going through a rough spat too. So same deal. Follow his channel. I know he plans on getting more consistent um, once he gets through this rough patch. But until that time, just send him some love. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on YouTube. And just uh, show some support for two guys that are going through a really rough time. Yep, means the world, and, you know, they're two guys who definitely deserve it. Cheers to those guys. Yep. So, uh, speaking of cheers, Brian, I guess we should get into the old uh, brass tacks, and what are you drinking? So, I'm actually, when you were here for the party, did you try any of that Shiner Oktoberfest? Yes. Okay, so I'm having some of that. Now, Shiner is... Uh, is it known as like one of the cheap breweries come from Texas? Because I know the beer is cheap here, but like could be. I don't know enough about Texas. I just Shiner is the one beer other than uh, was that main one Lone Star. Yeah. Um, when I think Texas beer, that's really all I know, like off the top of my head, and um, there they always have really just solid seasonal beers. I don't even know, I couldn't name you one of their main, like, regular beers. But uh, their Oktoberfest for a 12-pack or 24-pack, whatever it is I bought, 
it was pretty damn cheap and it's one of the better Oktoberfest. it's like akin to rpas like lion's head i would call it okay. not quite as cheap but uh yeah it's their marzen style Oktoberfest. Um, and, oh, they do have writing. So, every September, millions of people from around the world gather in Munich to celebrate Oktoberfest. With a name like that, you'd think it'd start a month later. But, hey, it's tradition. And if you can't be there in person, you can be there in spirit with this classic brew. Made from Munich and caramel malts, along with German-grown Halito tradition and Herzbrucker hops. Now, fill your stein. Ready? Eins, zwei, drei. Enjoy. So, yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite Oktoberfest beers. It's like goes down really smooth. But I'm not going to sit here and say it offers you the, the most flavor. But as you can tell from my glass, we just started and I'm already almost done it. So, it's a lot to like here. There you go. Sounds pretty good. And I am drinking the... Smashing Sandcastles by the Revision Brewing Company. Is that one of the ones you already had? Like no. from that brewery? No, no, no. I mean from the brewery. Uh, from Revision? I think I've had something from them before. I can't remember what. The name sounds familiar, but sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's a Northeast-style hazy India Pale Ale, and when they say hazy, they mean it, because this shit looks like orange <laughs> juice. This is ridiculous. But uh, it comes in at 6%. 38 IBUs, so should be nice and smooth. The biggest, baddest, smoothest hop monster you never saw. This beer brings the thunder with hops exclusively from down under. Intermingling notes of passion fruit, pineapple, lime, and wine from Wamiya Motugika, Big Secret, and Galaxy <laughs> Hops. Hey, I'm sure that's right. <laughs> yeah, M O T U E K A, Motuika? Motuaka? Hmm. Yes. The more I try, the more racist I sound. But comes to us from Sparks, <laughs> Nevada. Out of the, uh, like I said, Revision Brewing Company. So, should be an interesting one. And Brian, I actually have, I'm not going to be drinking it until we meet up. But I found a surprise in one of these beer boxes. Nice. Can I... Hmm? Go ahead. Well, Sorry, what are you going to say? Do you have a guess? What's your guess? No, no, no. Um, I don't have a guess. Is it, well, is it actually beer or is it a cider or beer. seltzer? It's beer. Okay. It's a surprise beer. I don't know. Well, Bri, you may remember all the way back in episode 52, exactly 30 episodes ago, where we discussed a unicorn fart beer that tastes like oh, Fruity Pebbles. Oh, no, really? You yep, got it? it's in there. Holy shit. So as soon yeah. as I saw it, I was like, all right, I got to save that for when we're together again. Dude, that is... Aw and w which brewery is that from again? Ah, fuck, I forget. It's all the way in my uh, thingy. All right. Yeah, no, we are definitely... We got to save that. And Jim... All right, well, my mine doesn't get sound as good. Sounds more mean. But um, when we get together and we do a drinking game, I have a new beer for you that's going to be part of a loser brew. Okay. It's uh, do you know Voodoo Ranger? Yes. Um, so it's that, or no? I'm sorry, it's the Atomic Ranger, right? Is that what it's called? Well, yeah, there's Voodoo the Ranger and there's Atomic Ranger. If Voodoo, yeah. So the Atomic Ranger is the habanero infused. Ugh pumpkin version of their ranger beer oh oh my <laughs> so it's habanero pumpkin beer so that'll mix nicely with something else i don't know what yet but uh maybe a hazy ipa jim that's good i can wear my uggs as i shit fire that's great 
Jim, no one can call you a basic bitch if you're drinking a habanero pumpkin beer. That's true. That is true. I can find a way, <laughs> but that is true. Nice. Oh, now I'm really excited. Uh, uh, well, well, Brian, here, here's something to not be excited about. Oh, shit. I didn't remember to hit record on OBS until just now. <clears throat> That's okay. I can, uh, I can try to find a way to sync it. Eh, just sync it at this point. You'll be fine. It's, it's all good. It doesn't matter. It'll, it'll be eh, Zenkov. You a- see, now this is this this is a perfect example of why um, Jim gets hit so much and why he's gonna have to take a lot of sips of a loser brew. I pull I pull off organizing a five person podcast one week and I can't even hit OBS to start in the next week. I am a I'm a man of peaks and valleys over here. Jim, let's let's not over exaggerate those peaks. Peaks and valleys. <laughs> You're more like dips and blurps. <laughs> I'm drinking my beer. Just get to what you're playing. Uh, yes, yeah, so this week has been kind of light for me. I've uh, been focusing on lots of editing. Um, got some videos coming up. And with the podcast we did. So I've done a lot more of the Marvel's Avengers. I actually streamed a little today. I want to stream to just finish that game. Because I've been doing a lot of multiplayer. And I just want to get the campaign done at this point. I'm one of those people It's like. Excuse me. It's just like the monkey on my back. I have to get off. So I can keep playing the rest of the game. Outside of that. Still dicking around with Dead by Daylight. And I gave my last go at the uh get out of the or don't go in the house and little did i know uh that game isn't at full release because i'm a patreon um i you know i have access to all puppet combo shit so it's there's a reason why i ran into many bugs and there's not really a true ending yet because they're not done it so um yeah, so I think uh, next time I do a puppet combo game, I'm just going to really make sure it's one that's completely done. Um, so, yeah, that's basically that's basically it for me this week. I did, I did plug in my Super NES Classic, and I was just dicking around with a few games. But, of course, uh, based on our last podcast, I, I played a little bit of Super Castlevania 4. Just put a little smile on my face because it is the first day of fall, and I got to get back in the spirit. Very true. Ah, oh, shit. This is, this is, isn't it? It Bri- is. Right, is this a solstice? When's the solstice? Is that November? <laughs> That's November, <laughs> I know words. This is just the first day. You just want to say solstice. It's okay. Kind of. <laughs> I know your I know your games. You're that kid who had the, the word a day on your calendar. <laughs> it was forced on me. <laughs> so were many things. So what are you playing? Yeah, it's true. But um, yeah, I've been kind of like too. Cox. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, thank you for the explanation. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been kind of like too. For the most part, I'm putting together another top ten music video, so I've just been getting a lot of game capture for that. But outside of that, um, dicking around a little bit here and there with Mario 3D All Stars, some more. So, so far so good with that. It's fun. Jim, can I say? Well, I liked your video. I wish you would have went with the real picture of you as a kid, and we damn well know which one I'm talking about. That isn't me. That I went is, with the real no, no, picture. No, no, of no, me. no, 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 no. The one 
<laughs> the whole family and your and your glasses and all your glory. Oh, that one. I was flip flopping between the two. I was like, do I go with the glasses or do go with the one where my head's like the size of my body? <laughs> so I made an executive decision. I don't know if it was the right one. Maybe I'll change the thumbnail and see if that brings in some more views. Uh, Jimberly Jones. Uh, yes, my youth. My youth was quite the youth. <laughs> it was something. What a time. What what a time. <laughs> nice. So yeah, um what uh so what do we got from our our very lucky Patreons who for how much Jim per mo- per month do they get to submit questions to us? Well, Brian, that would be the low low cost of $2 per month. They can ask a question that will be available for each and every episode of this Power Hour podcast. So, first up from Gamer Astral the worst game in the N64, and why is it Donkey Kong 64? You motherfucker. It's funny because that's his Patreon request to us. <laughs> oh, I, I know you, <laughs> you probably have a more legit answer. Um, I'm just going to go with, because I haven't played nearly as much as Jim has on the N64, but it, to me it's kind of easy. I got to go Superman 64. Just from what I've played... That was by far the worst because it's one of the least playable of the games. The only one that would come anywhere near it would be Road Rash 64. Um, But, yeah, I'd probably go Superman 64. And like I said, this is coming from a guy who does not have a ton of experience with a ton of 64 games. Um, I am probably going to go with Armorines, which is... It's a first-person shooter. You're going around basically killing bugs, and it runs at about seven frames a second. Control scheme isn't the worst in the world, but it's just it's a boring and b like choppy by N64 standards. And like I can find things that I can like justify as I have with like Road Rash and <laughs> Superman and stuff like that. But that one, ooh, ooh mama. That, Is it just because that one probably gets you more motion sickness? It's not even that. I like it doesn't even keep my interest long enough for me to get like really motion sick. Like I'll play for ten minutes and I just go, I I, I can't do any more of this. So I think the only way we could remedy that is if we decide to review it and I made you play it, right, and force you to go through it. Then you'd find tons of reasons to love it because I'm still convinced that's the only reason you were so gentle on Superman sixty four. Look, I said rings. I said the game was garbage, but I like my rings. There was some cathartic flying in that. Well, I hope you're enjoying Donkey Kong 64. Oh, I'm loving it. <laughs> I love that every level has, like, can, uh, collectibles for every character, even in level one. Let's not ease you into it. Let's just throw that all the shit. Jim, would you not say they give you the most bang for your buck? Padding, 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 padding. <laughs> uh, good question. But next up, from G to yeah. the next level. Now that Super Mario 3D All-Stars is out, what three games would you guys like to see in a Sonic 3D All-Stars game if Sega were to ever make one? Cheers. Hmm. Um, I'd probably go uh, Sonic and Knuckles. 3D. 3D. Uh, 3D. Um, no, I mean, what do you call it? Three, like oh, Sonic and Knuckles. 3D games? 3D Sonic games. 
Oh, 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 shit. I don't know enough about, like, my, the only game I played is, uh, was, I think, Generations. Okay. And that's obviously kind of split. So I don't have really that much experience at all with 3D Sonic games. So, Jim, you're going to have to answer that one. All right. Two things. One, gee, goddamn you for stealing Super Nerds UK's question from a week ago. And two, (laughs) I see what you did, you son of a bitch. And two, I'm going to go with the answer I used for that with, the the story the quote unquote storybook series that was on the Wii of Sonic games so it's like Sonic and the Secret Ring Sonic and the Black Knight and there's no 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 they're they're terrible they're dog shit so the reason I want them to be there is I think Sega would not pull uh, Nintendo I think they would actually try to like fix the games before they release it so I want them to like take those concepts but make the games actually good this time and I think that'll be like a cool collection even though everyone in the world would say Adventure One Two and I don't know, maybe Unleashed, one of the other ones. But I would want to see those games given, like, an actual overhaul. Jim, is Unleashed the one where he becomes a werewolf? Yeah. Oh, boy. Then I want that one. I hear the actual Sonic levels in that are pretty good. Um, And then the werewolf is where it gets, like, boring. But I don't know. haven't played it. Shut your whore mouth. I'm sure you would love it. Whore mouth. (laughs) Yes, very (laughs) whorish. So thank you, G. Good question. Next up, from Game Whisperer Dean. Do you buy protective cases for your cardboard box games? Do I ever? Jim, I actually wouldn't be shocked if you did. I do. I, Of course you do. Um, no, I, I don't. And honestly, I've gotten rid of my Super NES and N64 cardboard long, long, long ago. Um, yeah, I just... I, I never saw a need for them, so... Oh, Jim, go ahead. Uh, do you have them for just N64, or what oh, no. other games do you have that are cardboard? What? I got them for my Game Boys and my Game Boy Advances. I got it for the cardboard Sega Genesis games. I got it for, like, my one or two box Atari and ColecoVision games. Got some, God damn Got it. some for my uh, 32X over here. Got some for... Uh, what else do I got? What else do I got? Jim, how much... What is it? A dollar a case, maybe? Not even. But then you add in shipping. Yeah, but I so, mean, you buy in bulk, you get more for your dollar. Um, Make it a one-time hit. Why? That's just my simple question to you. Well, if I'm going to be holding on to this shit, I want it to look nice. Why don't I just stack it on top of each other to get beat to shit? Seems silly to me, Ryan. Seems silly. Now, I know a lot of the lore that is Jimberly Jones as a child. Um, did your parents put plastic on the couches no now surprisingly our no couches were always beat seems shit. like they would have no 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 no. my parents were the type that held on to couches for like 10 years past their expiration date to where like the sides were falling off until they finally like would get someone in there to take them out couches so were not a thing that like, were well protected kind of like someone holding on to games they know they're not going to play and don't enjoy forever just to have their tons of joy tons of enjoyment <laughs> Pull it down off the shelf whenever I want. I know it's there, and I know it's in good shape. Now, when you do that, you and I have talked about this. In all reality, we both know, unless you really, really need to sell them for a, a really bad reason, right? you are not parting with any of these games. Not unless I really have to. Yeah, so it's not like you're preserving them for the means of one day cashing in cashing in on any potential value 
So that really is just for you. Yeah, no, I'm preserving right? it for me. No, my, my daughter will have a very nice collection to throw in the dumpster one day. <laughs> oh, Chambers. Well. And fuck you, Nintendo, for making your box sizes different between your Japanese and your North American releases, so I had to buy different size cases. God damn it. Inconvenience. Well, Jim, I mean, they did go as far to make it games specific for two different regions in the entire goddamn planet. So don't blame them that you just are the weirdo that has to collect weird Japanese imports that you shouldn't even be playing. Why, they're good. It's good stuff. Bangayo. Good stuff. Sin and Punishment. Yeah, none of it's good. Good but... stuff. I liked, I really liked the question, but yes. Um, no, I will not go out of my way. As a kid, I did have, and I actually still do have, a crazy like uh, baseball cards, football, hockey card collection with signatures. And if there's anything that I thought was valuable, I have plastic cases for all that shit. And some of them are those crazy ones where you got the screws. Um, but video games, no. I don't put... Pull- uh, protective plastic around the cardboard. Well, maybe you should. Good question there, Dean. Next up, from Alex Perez. Uh, with Halloween right around the corner, do you guys have any games that you play annually to get you in the Halloween mood? Isn't that the question I was asked last week? Yeah, I think someone else asked it last week. So Okay. Yeah, I so, mean, yes. the question, he just put it in today, but we also just released the episode with Thought Cops today. So. Sure. No, no, I, I mean, I'm fine. Uh, for me, it's every year, it's going to be Castlevania Resident Evil, but since we did all the Resident Evil games last year, and the new one isn't coming out till whenever, um, I usually play at least one Castlevania, and as I said at the beginning of this one, it's already been cast- Super Castlevania 4, um, but I play horror games all year round, um, but those are my special, like, alright, save them for around Halloween. Right, would you say you play horror games every Thursday at 9pm on Twitch? I would say that those are some bloody Thursdays, Jim. <laughs> See what I did there? Yes, very good, Brian. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so like I said last week, um, definitely I definitely get around to playing uh, Splatterhouse at least once a year. And this year I actually want to sit down, like I probably won't play through the whole thing, but at least have like one night where I like chalk off like two to three hours and play Overblood because that's one of those games that like I rented, like or no, my best friend growing up rented, and like we played, th- we played it, and I don't think we even finished it. But it's one of those weird Resident Evil clones that just always stuck out in our minds for that like one magical weekend we spent with it. So that's when I want to sit down and uh, see if it, you know, lives up to memory. It won't, but I want to see like you know how it compares to what I remember of it. It's called Overkill. Overblood. Oh, Overblood. When did you get that? Um. My copy or when I rented it? No, yeah, when did you buy the copy of it? Like, probably like two years ago. So I'm looking now, and yeah, as soon as I saw the cover, I was like, oh yeah, that game. Um, I might need to borrow that, because I'm going to play that. Okay. And I'll beat it, because I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jim, it could, it could potentially happen on a Thursday at 9.30 p.m. For all we know, Twitch. it could. For all we know, it could, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> good question oh bud thank you yep and last up from burn retinas forgotten animal mascot attempt who deserves another chance croc or gex Ooh. i'd go gex um i actually from what i remember the gex games weren't bad and i felt like they were 
kind of well designed and i feel like there's just more you could probably do with that character like the ability to like go up it upside down on walls and like crawl on the ceiling and shit um i wouldn't mind seeing him yeah i mean yeah croc's not bad because croc had that interesting backstory where like the developer was making a yoshi game and nintendo said nah pass so they just turned into a crocodile but yeah, I mean, I guess I have to go Gex because of his Gex 3 cover on the N64 where he's dressed like Steve Austin. So that automatically makes him win. So we have to have <laughs> Gex be the winner over in this one. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was a kind of easy one, but I like the question. Yeah, either one would be cool to see, but Gex just in general has, like, actual character to him, too. Yeah. But yeah, but with that, it rounds out the questions for this week. Nice. Thank you all once again. We truly appreciate all your support. Yep. And if you would like to put your questions in, $2 a month. Patreon.com, drink a beer and play a game. <laughs> more money gives more rewards. Ah. Buy a t-shirt. Ah. Jim's usually wrong, but he's not this time. Ah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Let me, uh, let me just grab another beer. All right. So now I've got more beer. Uh, I'm coming back with one that I've talked about, I feel like a couple podcasts at this point, but it's a Lancaster Kolsch. And... I swear to God, this beer is like a fucking Hydra or a weed. Every time I think I got the last can, I find more in, like, my drawers or throughout my fridge. So, there's more there, and I decide that'll probably go well with the Shiner Oktoberfest. And it stays with the German style, um, very light, and it's kind of appropriate for this time of year. So, I'm going to go with this one. Alright, solid choice. Um, my next beer will be, I'm still working through my first one, but will be the fourth anniversary stout and Imperial Vanilla Stout comes to us from the Chapman Crafted Beer out of Orange, California, uh, 10% alcohol by volume and 35 IBUs. So that will be interesting. And, uh, so far this, uh, Smashing Sandcastles, this is, this is a really nice little IPA over here. Lots Mm. of like. Lots of citrus in it, but, like, it isn't, it doesn't, like, have that bite that citrus sometimes can, either in the beginning or the end. It's, like, a very very well-balanced beer. There we go. That's English. But, yeah, no, this is, like, I've been getting a lot of these hazy double IPAs from uh, these boxes, and for the most part, like, they're fine. But this one, I'll say, this is one to track down. So if you see Smashing Sandcastles, give it a go. Smash your mom's sandcastles. Have fun. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but uh, quick note. Uh, yeah, the unicorn farts. That's from Duclaw. Okay. Oh, really? It's Duclaw? Uh, see, I'm starting to wonder if Duclaw made their own unicorn farts because this one is a sour. So I think there might be a little gimmick infringement there with the unicorn be. Yeah, name. I feel because I feel like it's very it's it's quite possible that's correct and we just overlooked the fact because if it's Duclaw then we get a lot of Duclaw shit here. Um, Should be a thing so, we can be able to find. Yeah, but that's interesting. No, you know what? Um, no, this is the exact one. I just looked up the old article. This is the exact okay. here. So I'll be damned. Nice. Well, either way. Hopefully, I've never seen... I mean, I go to the beer store at least once a week, so... I've never seen it, but... Who knows? Maybe Jersey would have it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm guessing Duclaw's either out of Florida or California, because that's what all these uh, beer boxes come from for me. So, it's 
surprise one from there. So maybe it's something that hasn't made its way uh, east yet. No, no, no. Duclaw is Maryland. Is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah, you are right. Yeah, because I remember I, you know, cause I go to Baltimore a lot, and I always thought, like, oh, maybe I'd get some random Duclaw beers. But that's interesting. Hmm. But, yeah, so, yeah, we have a little piece of uh, Power Hour drinking history to go for. So, speaking of drinking and beer and... Close to our heart, close to the area. Very close. Um, an article I actually saw and I sent over to Jim um, the other day. It's been kind of big in the news, but the specific article I had was from CNN.com. Um, and it just basically recaps the fact that Yingling um, will be available in more states, more specifically the West Coast, um, as they have a new partnership with Molson Coors. And Jim, did you take a chance to read through it? Yeah, it's kind of interesting that, like, um, what were they saying? That, like, Yingling never really went west of, like, the Mississippi, basically. Like, they're in 22 states, but they never went, like, beyond the middle point of the country. So. The, yeah, the the Mississippi is basically the line they've never crossed. And um, Line of demarcation, word of the day. That That is, Jim. God damn it. <laughs> They, uh, they're the oldest brewery, I believe, in America. Yep. They're, like, 191 years old, according to this article. Still family-owned. And, yeah, they're one of those weird cases that they're, they're still called craft brewery, but, like... We don't consider, we don't consider that here, but... We don't consider it here, but, I mean, if you want to get technical, I think based on their distribution or whatever qualifies people for being craft or not craft right they they qualify mm-hmm. now this with this venture it's apparently completely a 50 50 split yeah they're not owned, Mols- they're not owned by molson cores which is good yeah. to see it's strictly just the ability for Mol- molson cores to distribute and brew on the west coast so it's distributing their stuff um i was surprised that I- uh molson only molson cores only has seven breweries really throughout the country I don't, yeah, I don't know why I would have expected they're, they're on a pretty sharp decline. Oh, really? Ew. Yep. I mean, they're most famous for their Coors Light and Blue Moon stuff. Which is on but... a de- decline. Because of fucking yeah. beer nerds. I mean, they're, here's the deal. They're sniping the classics, Bri. Sniping the classics. But but that, that was one of the things I was thinking of. Like... It would. This would be kind of cool if it's almost like another acquisition we're going to talk about later. But this would be kind of cool because, you know, a lot of the major three, I'll call them, of the beers, I, I kind of always felt like Coors Light lost out anyway, um, at least on the East Coast where we are. If you're at a club or you're wherever, you get a Bud Light or Miller Light. And most of the time it's really Bud Light. And Miller Light is like usually kind of right there but very rarely would you go somewhere and just get a Coors Light Blue Moon was always that like oh I'm stepping up I'm trying something new there's orange in it but yeah like Molson Coors like I, I know they have their other breweries but uh this could be something that helps reinvigorate them because it, it could be our bias being where we are but I think Yingling is a great just regular drinkable beer and you know maybe people on the west coast are more willing to try that knowing that it is still technically qualified as a craft brewery yeah like in our area you can go to a bar and you say i want a lager and they just pour you a yingling like there's no question about it like it's ubiquitous with this area 
So yeah. it'll be cool to see how it goes over over there. And like Yingling Light's a really solid light lager too. Now Yingling Light beer, different story. But the light lager oh. is a very quality light lager. And their flight, the the flights are great. Line, yeah, the flight they just released. I wanted if it wasn't this year, it had to be last year because I didn't see them before this year. I think it was last year. Um. But they're like, what is their their gimmick with that? It's like ninety some calories. Yeah, it's like ninety five, ninety to ninety five calories, something like that. It's basically like going up against like the MGD nineties of the world and the Amstels and shit like that. So it's and I I bought a case of it and it's uh it's not it's not as good as a regular Yingling, but if you're someone who's like Jim and you're tracking your beers and your little phone. It's not a bad option. So Speaking I'm of, all for it. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I, I'm all for it because obviously we're diehard Yingling fans and I want to see them grow. Um, and I'm just glad to see it's not an acquisition of their entire company, but just distribution rights. Yep. I am so. definitely down there with you there. So, yeah. I mean, it's only it can only be good for Yingling and hopefully it's good for Miller Chorus. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I don't want to see any of the major macro breweries fail because that's a shit ton of jobs and a shit ton of beer out there that is just very easily accessible. And yeah, hope it stays around. Definitely. And that's always been my favorite of like the three big light beers. So keep my cores. Not necessarily, Jim, because when we did the blind taste test, you said something else. No, no, I yeah, no. yeah, yeah. What, what do you got to say about that? Mm, I'll, <laughs> I'll have to check the tapes. I'll have to check the tapes. <laughs> so, speaking of acquisitions, and this is potentially this has to be one of the um, closest to brand new news we've ever re- like reported on on the day we're recording. It happened yesterday. Happened on the twenty first. Today's the twenty second. Yeah. So, biggest news out there in gaming is that Microsoft bought Bethesda, but more specifically, the Xenomax acquisition, which, you know, includes Bethesda. And, oh, wow. That was, uh, when I first saw it... It came on, from nowhere, too. That's the biggest thing about it. Like... It, it was really well... Like, yeah, I didn't... I mean, you're the internet guy, and I'm sure you would have been tagging or, or writing shit had you seen leaks... And I didn't see a goddamn thing about this until it just happened. No, there is nothing that, like, like this took everyone by surprise. And, I mean, Microsoft paid $7.5 billion. And, basically, it gives them Fallout, The Elder Scrolls, Doom, Wolfenstein, Dishonored. Uh, fucking what else? A bunch of other shit, too. Uh, Quake. Yeah, like... Starfield. Prey, The Evil Within, Starfield. But I mean, just those first couple. Even fun. Even funnier. Two timed PS5 exclusives. Two timed PS5 exclusives that are coming out are now owned by Microsoft with Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah. Now here's the thing. They've already kind of quelled the concerns of those games. They said those are still proceeding. Two PS5 is what they're saying. I don't know though. Like, in theory. They don't have to. I don't know if they have to honor the exclusivity to PS5. They have to honor getting it to PS5, but I don't know if they have to honor the actually only allowing it. Like if they turn around and say it's decide not, to say it's not a timed exclusive anymore. 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, what what's very interesting is is the responses. So, for me, all I can do is speak on my on my behalf because someone actually asked me this earlier when I was streaming, and um, it's no secret. I mean, I love the Xbox and Microsoft, but I also have PS Five, and and Jim and I have covered it many times on here. Um, even though we've chosen Xbox consoles, that was more for the fact of our friends. And we know the PS3, PS4, and quite honestly, probably the PS5. I guess it could shift now. But the PlayStation's always kind of won the quote-unquote war, at least the sales. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, like the PlayStation, uh, some of their exclusives like God of War, Uncharted, things of that nature. And they're... a ability to get indie developers to develop for them at a much easier rate has been really really great um this is just another way to really cement like there is still such thing as console wars going on it'll never be as popular as the old days oh no it is no dude dude because you're not on the internet but it is strong oh no no no. the amount of hate i see from playstation xbox and vice versa but, like, most of the time, what I see is PlayStation people punching down at Xbox. Like, every time Xbox seems to release uh, footage of, like, like when the footage of the Series X and the Halo game, people are, like, making fun of that, like, weird gorilla thing. Right. Like, all they do is punch down. like, And it's usually only tied to graphics. Um, Bri, it's a brute. And- Learn your gaming, you stupid shill fraud gamer. Whatever that comment was. <laughs> My favorite comment but- ever. But this is like, hey, man, this is huge for Xbox because we've talked like, ah, is Microsoft going to stay in the gaming? Like what? Like they don't have a ton of exclusives and Halo's kind of been on the ropes for a little while. And this is like a holy shit. So I'm actually okay with it. Uh, I I do hope, though, they don't. I I would still hope that PlayStation um, players could still play like at least fallout like the really huge series i'm fine if they make some of them exclusive but it that would kind of suck for playstation people if they take out fallout and elder scrolls yeah i mean like for doom like i apparently from what i saw a lot of the staff behind doom eternal and like the doom team itself kind of left after eternal was done so who knows what the team behind that's going to be um fallout's kind of in a Rough spot after 76, like, that was a legitimate disaster. Like, Bethesda's hurting a little bit right now. So, it's not like they're the powerhouse they were at, like, the start of the 7th gen or the 8th gen. So, it'll be interesting to see. Like, it could be a thing where maybe a little quality control could go a long way. Maybe Microsoft will be like, hey, maybe you guys can finally do a new engine for these games. Eh? That'd be nice. (laughs) Eh? Maybe step your game up a little bit. Eh? So, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with it like i know a lot of people are mad at the thought of console exclusivity and shit like that but and i get it but like i'm i'm too old to care i just i don't care about like a game i can't play because i don't have the console because in my head i'm like i can always play it eventually or i don't i have enough shit to play but i know there's a lot of people who really look forward to games and crap like that so like there's a lot of beloved ips that are now under the microsoft umbrella I actually think they're, like, softly getting out of, like, the hardware space. Like, because let's face it, like, the Series S is basically just a Game Pass player. And 
all their games are cross-platform as it is with the PC. So it's not like Microsoft is, like, really bonering for having, like, all the sales for their Xbox brand or all the exclusivity mm-hmm. rights. And, I mean, when they, they bought Minecraft years ago for, you know, $2.5 billion, Minecraft is still everywhere. I think mm-hmm. Microsoft is perfectly fine with just buying these places up and just letting them still sell games wherever and just raking in the money from that. Like, this, for all we know, this could be the last... I wouldn't be shocked if this was the last console generation for Microsoft and they just focus on Game Pass and game distribution after that point. You know, they have the money. They can just buy up studios so they can be the distributor or the publisher or whatever. So, you know, make your money hand over fist in the video game sphere with doing even less work than you were doing before. Let everyone else do the work for you. Well, they are definitely the smartest when it comes to, uh, you know, like you're saying, they have the console, but they've th- this adoption of, like, the Game Pass and being able to play it online, it, like, that is... That is, like, way forward-thinking. And xCloud is coming soon, if it isn't out already. I think it's out already. I think it just started. Yeah, the only the only the thing that would really s- cement what you're trying to say is if they did get a deal with whatever Nintendo console or eventually PlayStation and say, just run our pass on, on your system. Like, we don't give two shits about making systems anymore. I mean, there, Could, but, there was that thing a year ago where, like, Nintendo and Microsoft announced their, like, big working deal together. And, like, so far, nothing's really come from that, but it's a thing that's still out there. Well, Nintendo needs to really bolster up its hardware to run shit the right way. Like, for current-gen games. Like, right. It, it, it'll, it, and that's one of the things that frustrates me with Nintendo is, like, you could do it. I don't... It's not like they... It's not like they're poor and they don't have IPs that have sold a gazillion copies of everything. Um... But yeah, no, I uh, I like it because it just shows that there is still healthy competition. Because now PlayStation, for all intents and purposes, they got it. They got to come back with something, and they got to just stay on their A game. They can't just keep resting on the fact that even if their consoles are more powerful, I don't know if that's true. So don't crucify me. Well, I mean, me if I'm saying Mi- that. Microsoft is touting 8K. People are buying. There are people out there who are buying it for the potential of 8K, which isn't even a thing right now. <laughs> It's that's all people buy, Jim, is potential. Yeah. You tell you tell them there's such thing as blast processing and it's bullshit and people go nuts. No, that was real. <laughs> but actually, interestingly enough, speaking of blast processing, Jim. Oh, actually, um, before we move on real quick, I do think it's funny that Microsoft buying Bethesda, everyone's in like a shit storm about oh, monopolies and blah, 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 and how do they let people do this? Like, a couple months ago, PlayStation bought Insomniac. So, like, yeah. that was a but huge this, thing. I still kind of look like this is a little bit bigger than that. But, no, I, here's the deal. I, I have the problem. It's not a monopoly. If if Microsoft bought If they bought Sony, Sony then yeah. Yeah, or Sony bought Microsoft, yes. Now you've created a new monopoly, or Nintendo bought one of them. But... Yeah, buying just a bigger game developer, it like it would be different if and Nintendo used only, to be a monopoly. Well, exactly, and the only the only uh, things I could think of that would be true monopolies would be like if one of them bought EA or Activision, like whoever makes all the sports games right now. Ooh. If someone bought that and made console exclusive, now you're talking monopoly because like it or not, 
sports games and those like that is like one of st- still always in the top five biggest money earners oh yeah these other these other like bethesda like jim said they've had mega mega hits but not you know they've had a few misses here and there and, so it's and, not like and it's funny too to your point because for as much as say skyrim is sold and shit like that we looked at lists at the beginning of the year of ad nauseum, thanks to me, and uh, <laughs> we had the list of like you know the highest selling games of the decade and the last decade and shit like that and the generation, and most of them were sports games. So it's all the yeah. casual. It was Call of Duties and sports games. So your beloved, you know, the Horizon Zero Dawns of the world, like they they're a hit, but they're not the ones to keep you know companies of you know big companies afloat and shit like that. They don't get the exactly. they don't get the normie market. So that's what you need to hit too. So yeah, it's not a monopoly, and the and like you were saying, you don't care about console exclusives. I don't care about for a different reason. I since I was a kid, I've never known anything different. There's never been such thing as a generation that didn't have console exclusives. Yeah, like it'd be different if it was always shared, and now they did it. Like guys, we grew up even when if you grew up with the NES or whatever, like you always had it, and then Sega versus Super NES, and from there it was definitely cemented so don't act like this is a new practice don't act like console exclusives are like a new problem it's always been there like that's like bitching about red lights like just stop bitching about it it does seem weird that this era more than any other bitches about console exclusivity is like ooh, the evil corporations are anti-consumer which i mean there's two sides of this coin here we've talked about it before Yes, it's very annoying when one studio is owned by one person. But do you really want one person owning everything? If you think exactly. you're, if you think you're getting fucked now, let one person own everything and distribute everything of that, and watch the watch the fucking that happens then. The problem is, they they don't appreciate that idea enough. Like we saw, I think in our generation, and for me and you personally, the biggest acquisition or monopoly of power we've ever saw was really wwe buying wcw that yep. completely killed any competition um and for a while there they imported their some of their best but it at a point it definitely drove towards one of the lowest points of modern wrestling because it kind of got stale because they didn't have true competition yep and even now the competition that exists it's it's there but it's never been like it was when it was the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, and I mean, we're, we like the big argument in wrestling right now is you know the the plucky upstarts fighting against the C Show for WWE. So like that's what people yeah. are comparing. And and you know what it is is because like anything, if you don't have healthy competition or you don't have true competition, why are people going to strive to do much better? They know you only got one or two shows to go to, so. I'm all for competition. I wouldn't be for it if it was a company, like like we said, if it was Microsoft buying Sony or Nintendo, truly making Monopoly, I'd have bigger problem with that. Right. But just one game developer, eh, I can let that one slide. Yeah, same here. And um, so back to your point, to our next topic. I don't <laughs> think this is, I don't think this has I legs. I can't tell if it's real, like... I just thought it was interesting, so I had to throw it in here. And I'll tell you right now, it would never happen. But, so, from HobbyConsolas.com, this is a Spanish site giving a little rumor here that was basically saying the rumor was that Microsoft was also going to buy Sega and that apparently we were going to hear in the next day or two from the sale of Bethesda. 
it's a day at this point. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard a goddamn thing. No other outlet I've seen has even reported this. So I think it's safe to say it's complete bullshit. But I think for even beyond, like, you know, the shadiness of the website or whatever, but the fact that if you know anything about goddamn Sega, Sega is Sega might be worse than Nintendo when it comes to their Japanese roots and, like, wanting to keep control in Japan. Like, even through the 90s, like, a big reason the 32X and the Saturn and the Dreamcast failed was because Sega of Japan hated Sega of America's ideas that were fucking working and selling. So they went out of their way to, like, kind of sabotage it. Like, Sega almost wants to not make money to prove a point. So there's no way in hell that they would let an American company like Microsoft own them. (sighs) Yeah, I, I... Unless you threw all the money at them. If you throw all the money, then, you know, shit's off the table. But I mean, Sega's obviously complete shell of itself at this point. Um, but to you, what you're saying, it is interesting because I, I, I don't trust this website. Now, but if for some reason, let's just say it was Right, how dare you talk about HobbyConsolas.com like that? Well, one of their things, and I don't know how true Rumor it is. Microsoft Podera Javier Comprando Sega Disputes Haceres Bethesda. Come on, Brian. You can, you, that's something you can try. That's a headline you can trust. I, I mean, one of their their ways of saying, like, hey, this is them hinting at it, is the Xbox wireless controller in shock blue, which they're saying, like, is basically the Sega blue for Sonic. Um, it, it's like, it is interesting that Xbox release that on the 21st, and it is eerily close. Here's the deal. If tomorrow something did come out and they said they bought Sega then clearly Microsoft is just making huge moves left and right. Right. And, you know, what the fuck is going on there? But here's my question to you. We just talked about how we don't mind them buying Bethesda. Would you have a problem if they bought Sega? Not really. I mean, I, yeah, I want to could... care. I mean, I, 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 it would suck because, like, Sega's – the Sega Ages line, which is unfortunately coming to an end soon on the Switch, is fucking phenomenal. Like, if you want, like – almost picture-perfect ports of old arcade games from Sega on your Switch, like, for decent prices. Like, the Sega Ages line is fucking great. And I would hate to have that convenience taken away from me. But if it got taken away from me, I'd go, eh, okay. Because modern Sega, it's really just, like, Persona and Sonic and, I guess, Valkyria Chronicles? That thing? <laughs> like, I mean, Streets of Rage was developed by someone else. Like, other things have been developed by other people. Like, Sega's not really putting that much... Even Persona is made by Atlas. It's not by Sega. So Sega's really not going out of their way to develop anything at this day and age. So I really wouldn't care if it got bought by one ownership entity over another. Maybe that would be another way that they would look at the old IP list and go, oh, hey, let's make a new game out of this. Here's a new, yeah. like, Altered Beast, or here's a new Golden Axe, or fuck, here's a new Fantasy Zone as a budget title, but new Fantasy Zone. Like, I wouldn't care. I would like that. And here's the other thing. We already just talked about it. You know, in theory, uh, Microsoft has that deal with Switch to bring the Xbox Game Pass. And if this acquisition is a way of also bringing, like, putting all those games that you're mentioning that are convenient, putting the whole Sega arcade cons- like yeah. library on Game Pass, and then it's available on Switch, that is the only reason why I could find it viable because they had that weird thing of are they coming to Switch or not? And with Sonic being in Smash Brothers and stuff, like 
it's to me it's not a hundred percent inconceivable uh, and it actually like would show more of a partnership basically like you got nintendo and xbox teaming up they're like the ecw and wcw during the alliance age jim <laughs> i mean we saw how that worked out but yes yes right. you know what i mean so i don't know like um yeah, I that that see now I'm just imagining that alliance, but all of a sudden like there's a Halo game with like a Sega logo on it, because like the way Stone Cold wed the alliance, even though he wasn't yep. any of them. So yeah, fucking Master Chief will be made by a Sega company. Maybe it'll be good. So yeah, why not? But yeah, I mean I don't I think this is like I think this article is bullshit. But if it happened, I really wouldn't care. Because I think I would, I would be more mad if it went PlayStation because PlayStation locks their shit down, as we've been saying. But yeah. Microsoft, they, it seems like they don't care. And Game Pass is going to be everywhere eventually. So if it happens there, it'll be an inconvenience for a little while. But eventually, you'd have your game. The biggest thing I will say about all these stories is this all dropped the day before PlayStation had their open orders for their console. And the day before Microsoft had the open orders for theirs and the pre-orders and shit like that, so... Yeah, so is it just a quote-unquote leak? I don't know. You know what? There's two theories, and I think either one of those are completely possible. Either this was held completely under wraps, which would be impressive, or the 11th hour they went, holy shit, we have nothing, here's all the money, give us Bethesda. Uh, who knows? But let's put it this way. By the time we do our podcast next week... In theory, at a minimum, we should know if this whole Sega bullshit is true. Yeah, we'll definitely know that. I'm going to say it's probably not, but eh, let's find out. Keep it fun. Keep it say it's a maybe. <laughs> All right. So Speaking of Sega. Uh, so much for that transition. Did you get rid of that? Oh the uh, oh no 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 I'm sorry yeah I I thought we were going to that other thing you had I was assuming this episode was going to go longer so I moved that to next week but I mean we can put it back if you want no 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 it's fine okay yeah so speaking of Sega um you stole my transition you bitch <laughs> so one of my favorite newer segments that we keep coming back to we talk about gaming music. Either video games inspired by real life music or vice versa. And as of late, it's been mostly video games inspired by real life music. And tonight is no exception. Um, Contra Hardcorps. And how did I not see ooh. this before? How did I never realize this? So I thought, <clears throat> let, let me just lay it out first. So it's specifically the select screen. The character select screen in Contra Hardcorps, if you listen to it, you hear and you're thinking like, okay, kind of upbeat, maybe a little a little urban, if you will. Like, the, like there's just something to it. It just sounds like really like, huh. And now listen to Baby Got Back. And most specifically, I know you guys probably think I'm crazy and the links are below and wait till this is a, its own segment of video, but the baseline in Baby Got Back and you compare it to this, I gotta say, it sounds kind of really similar. No, it's 100%. Like whether... It is 100% ripped off. There is Okay, so it's is... not me no, just being a no, little no, no, crazy? No, no, no. Okay. Because I didn't know what you were getting at with this, but the second I like, I saw your little write-up, and I was like, baby got back, and then I clicked the button, and I was like, ooh, like within like two seconds. 
like that, like bum 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 bum. I was just like, oh, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. So it's you know, and uh, I forget the timeline. I think Baby Got Back was came out before ninety two or something. Ninety ninety one, ninety two ish, and Hardcore was at least ninety three, ninety four, something like that. Yeah. So there's definitely, but it's like. That's one of those ones that's so silly that, like, why would anyone think that it's there? And of all games, why would Contra Hardcorps have fucking Baby Got Back in there? It kind of works, and it's interesting, but at the end of the day, man, like, especially you being a Sega guy, there was there ever a time, like, even listening to that character select screen that you even, like... Was it, like, catchy in your head at any point? You're like, oh, this is pretty good. Here's the problem for me. Contra Hardcore is really fucking hard. So I didn't grow up with it. And whenever I would play it as an adult, like, I'd only play it for, like, a half hour before I got too frustrated and put it away for, like, a month or two. So, like, I don't think I ever put enough time in to actually realize that. But, yeah, even just it being... Also, like, character select screens, I'm just like, fucking just give me a character. I don't care. So I just, like, click through it real fast. But as soon as I heard it, I was like... Oh shit, this is something I definitely should have picked up on at some point. And that's interesting because uh when I was playing the Super NES Classic earlier, um I was playing Street Fighter 2 and one of the things that kind of struck me is like, man, sometimes I feel like character select screens are underappreciated for the music they put in there cuz those in theory like, you're probably going to hear enough, especially if it's a multiplayer game, because you and your buddy are sitting there, you're, you're selecting. Like, it's, uh, sometimes they're really good, and they keep you going. Other times, like, they're just background noise. And I didn't grow up with this game at all, Contra Hardcore, so I didn't know this until I did a little bit of research. And I'm like, damn, that's pretty crazy. Like, that probably would have been a kind of cool song to think of, like, as I was going into the game. But... You guys may think I'm crazy. The links are below until I make the actual video for this. But would you say it's open and shut case, Jim? I mean, some could say they were preeminently ripping off Nicki Minaj, but, you know, there's always that There's always that option. <laughs> People will be like, oh, wait, do, do they mean the Anaconda song? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's pretty open and shut. And actually, back to your point about uh, character select screens, as we talked about earlier, how Buddy Travis... Uh, his Hibiki Quickie series. The theme song for that is the character select screen from Streets of Rage 3. I know. Man of taste. I that if That's the only way I, I can fall. And the way he edits it is the only thing that makes that okay. That that man has worked that's magic with Windows uh, fucking Windows Movie Maker. Yep. Jim, it's called effort. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I'm slowly getting more efforty with my stuff and transitionals and stuff son of a bitch so yeah listen below once again if you guys have any other examples send a, send them our way i do have a little bit of a backlog now but if you send us something interesting we're gonna listen to it we're gonna compare it and we'll see if there's any credence there yeah so you, let us know if, if it's sent to us we're gonna put it to the top of the list obviously so absolutely all right, but now we're sticking with music, Jim, and I did just mention Street Fighter 2, so as a reoccurring bit, we also have our Witches Better. And this one comes into our buddy... Uh, this one comes into us from our buddy Kit. Um, Bry is coming in here. I hate you, Jim. Uh, strictly speaking about music, Street Fighter 2 or Mortal Kombat 2? Uh... 
it's no secret on here that I love Mortal Kombat way more than Street Fighter. I mean, it just is a better franchise no matter what way you slice it. But Street Fighter 2's music is better than Mortal Kombat 2's music. I think there's... Even the most diehard Mortal Kombat fans would probably be hard-pressed to fight it. Um, I think the most iconic and probably the only iconic music to come out of the Street Fighter series probably comes from Street Fighter 2, to be honest. And Mortal Kombat 2, I went back, I listened to every single track, and I was like, I like them all, I remember them all, but I never, like, uh, maybe one or two of them I would walk away humming, but, like, Ken, Guile's theme, Ryu, like... It, there's just so many and even that character select screen as we were just talking about they're just so memorable from street fighter so yeah gotta go street fighter 2 on this one yeah like when he originally pitched this he was just like all of street fighter versus all of mortal Kombat, and i was like that's like that's way too that's way too out of our wheelhouse so i I put it down a little bit to, to the two big ones and yeah i'm with you it's obviously street fighter like nothing in mortal Kombat 2 is as iconic as uh, Ken's theme or Guile's theme. But, I mean, I was just like you. I was listening through all of them, and I was like, oh, yeah, I love this song. I love this song. I love mm-hmm. this song. But it's not as good as this song. So, yeah, exactly. Now, here's here's the interesting thing. I would say if you went total game sound design, Mortal Kombat 2 is better there. Like, voiceovers, the hits... The, the goriness, the, the like, even the power, like, all the little sounds for those things, they sound better, but the music is just so much better in Street Fighter 2 that, you know, yeah. The, this one, like I said, I'd be very interested in anyone that truly picks Mortal Kombat. Like, we're not saying the songs aren't well composed. Yeah. And I think if anyone did make the argument... You, you want to talk, you want to talk about a character select screen music. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if anyone did want to make an argument, the only thing I could say is if you... I think the fairest comparison, like, take out Super NES or Genesis, if you just did the arcade ports of each of them and you listen to their music, yeah. um, you could argue that the the Mortal Kombat sounds uh, cleaner composed. Like, like something you would actually hear in a movie. Whereas Street Fighter is undoubtedly a video game which is obviously what it's going for. Um, but, like, you could hear that Street Fighter, like, that dong-dong-dong, like, that that whole background in a kung fu movie, which is kind of what the games were at the beginning. Um, but like I said, for me, it was a no-brainer. You got to go Street Fighter 2. Yeah, so I think we pretty much agreed there. But for anyone there, you Mortal Kombat stalwarts, let us know why you think uh, Mortal Kombat 2's got the better music. It's one of the few times I'll ever say Street Fighter beats Mortal Kombat in anything. Every time. Never. And our scores have proven that, Jim. So. <laughs> Videos have never been movie. published. Things can change. Nope, they won't. <clears throat> uh, so moving on to our final segment and another reoccurring one, which is our overrated, underrated. I mean, can we and... even say reoccurring because they're every episode? Like, I... I as I've been going through, like I've hit that sweet spot of like trying to update all the descriptions and shit like that in our videos, and I'm in that like 100 to 200 view range, and that's where all the podcast clips and all the podcasts are right now. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, these are in every single episode. So I mean, they're just they're pretty much here every time. They're staples. Yeah. They're staples. Yeah. 
So it comes to our to us from kit so kit thank you once again uh he actually asked us this last week we just didn't have a chance to get to it with our buddies from thought cops we we, we didn't want to hit the three hour mark with that episode so <laughs> yeah but uh the halo series and it's funny because we've been talking about xbox we've been talking about halo all day um, it works out is it, over- it was almost meant to be is it it is is it overrated or underrated <clears throat> so Hmm. If you asked me back in the day, I would have said underrated for sure. Really? Um, I would have because, I mean, when I think the term land party and like things like that, and I know they've happened before. I know with Doom, with Quake and all those, those were going on. But from a console, that was the game that you that drove people to have multiple Xboxes um hooking them up and playing and honestly when i think major fps games of our generation and even into 360 it's like halo was always that other contender and halo for all intents and purposes was the flagship game of the xbox Uh, whether you you love the games or not you can't deny that and i always had fun with the games now granted I will say I am very limited because I stopped at three. I beat three and I stopped there. I haven't played Spartan. I haven't played four. Um, I just, you know, three was enough for me. Also, I'm biased because I was always the hardcore Call of Duty person. Like I wanted realism in my FPS as much as possible as, you know, as realistic as fucking dogs and flying drones and shit. But um, Halo always was that fun, like, couch co-op FPS, and still is to this day. Today, I'd probably say it's overrated, because I feel like Xbox still tries to hang their hat like they did with the release of the um, their new console and showing it off. And it clearly just doesn't... It doesn't have it anymore. It doesn't... It isn't the seller that it was... And people aren't that interested. And I kind of just wish it was like, it, it obviously was always that big thing, but it will never get back to the luster that it had. Um, so I, I can't give it enough points to even say historically, like it, it was a complete game changer. I truly love those first three games. I think they're masterpieces. I think the soundtracks are great. I love the controls. The multiplayer's fun. But like, if you look at the series from then till now, there's just so many duds in my eyes that I got to say it's overrated. And I kind of either wish they would truly revamp it and do something to bring people back um, or just drop it and let it lie. Interesting, because, yeah, this isn't one of those ones I'm going to say you're wrong. It's just interesting to see your perspective, because I would say back in the day, most people would have said it's overrated because they would always look at like the PC titles and be like, oh, well, I mean... Why are you digging around with this on a console when there's so much better with Counter Strike and Unreal Tournament on a on a PC? That's like what the argument always was. Even though like Halo was the console first person shooter, like like exactly. like you said, like that was the killer app for Xbox. Like that's the reason you bought an Xbox for the most part. And like yeah, like my history with Halo is the only ones I haven't played are Halo Wars Two and Halo Five. Like I played. One through three, and I played ODST, and I loved ODST. ODST might be my favorite campaign. It was just overpriced when they released it, so people kind of hate it. 
and Reach is really good, and I I really liked Halo Wars, like the first one. Like it's hard to pull off uh, console based uh, real time strategy games, but they 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 it's simplified, but it had to be simplified to really work with the Xbox controller. But they did a really good job with what they did. So, but the when Halo started to die was when Bungie left, and they stopped making them. So it was three four three Studios and. You had Halo 4, which I played, and it, it was okay. Halo 4 is, like, a fine video game. Like, it's it's well-made. It looks good. It's just boring. Like, it's just... It's yeah. there. It's fine. So I never felt the need to play 5, and I would like to play Halo Wars 2 eventually, but, yeah, I would almost say in this day and age, like, I would almost weirdly say that Halo's underrated right now because, like... Call of Duty took over so much. Like, CSGO is still around, and that took over so much. Like, there's so many other first-person shooters that people will go to before they would ever... Or, like, Overwatch and shit like that. before, Or the new Dooms. Before they would ever talk about Halo or giving a shit about it. So, I think almost in today's day and age of, like, a decade of, like, underwhelming Halo releases, like, they kind of forget just how good the series overall is. Even though right now it's definitely at a low point. Hopefully Infinite's good. I don't have a lot of faith if it's 343, but maybe it could be something. Remains to be seen, but yeah, I would say it's almost weirdly underrated, if you could even believe that, from where it was. Hmm. No, I see what you're saying. I mean, yeah, we took the opposite. Like, I remember people talking that PC trash to Halo, and I respected the fact that this is bringing FPS to consoles, because before then yeah you need it to be pc land parties and shit like that or you know whatever like doom quake all those those were the masters of the fps right and halo in what was the gateway that allowed call of duty that allowed you know all these other fps's that thrive today that was a gatekeeper and that's what i'm saying like back in the day without a doubt people still shit on it for this and that and it was so underrated um, maybe if I played the other games, like you said, which one was your favorite one? ODST is my yeah. favorite campaign. Okay. So maybe if I played them, I'd have a different, cause you know, I can be turned around on an entire series based on a campaign. Right. Like if a campaign is good enough, I don't always need the multiplayer to be the main thing. Um, and ODST was like but, a weird spinoff and it's short. Like the campaign's only like four or five hours, but I just thought it was yeah. like the most like, it, it didn't have any of those like weird flaws. Like Halo 2, you like it had all the build up and then you meet the Overmind and it's the plant monster from Little Shop of Horrors. And then <laughs> Halo 3, I fucking love Halo. Feed me. Exactly. And Halo 3, <laughs> I love Halo 3's campaign except yeah. for Return to High Charity, which is one of the worst levels that have ever been made in any video game ever. So, <laughs> like luckily ODST is just so tight and compact and it makes you care about these no-name characters on the sides. So, that's why it's my favorite campaign. Yeah, and I mean, it's I, like I said, I, I see your point, and I and it's weird. I don't disagree, even though I'm saying it's overrated. We're we're both I in this weird part say, where we're like we both agree with each other, even though we're like polar opposite. We're on the opposite ends, but like either way, we're both kind of saying the same thing. Like they've just been in such a goddamn slump. Yeah, and it's like it sucks because people forget how revolutionary it was and don't i don't think they give the original three games enough credit for what they actually did and like i said i it was one of our first which is betters 
um the halo theme i still that's in my probably honestly in my top five favorite video game themes that's actually like one of the last like really iconic themes i can think of too yeah like i i forget i can't even remember what we put it i think we put it against skyrim i I think it was yeah and i've jacked off skyrim enough but i still like the halo theme better than that like it's just there's something to that theme of it's it's both epic and it gets you pumped so um yeah the multiplayer like i said it was really fun but also if you had asshole friends like jim who would introduce you to a game and then be be the little friggin bastard with his rocket launchers his swords and his invisibility cloaks and screen watch on top of all that 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 brought it down but still Great game. Hey, Bri, have you ever seen those commercials with that guy in the jury duty with the big smile as he's chewing his gum? Yep. That might be me right now. The worst, I I still, the worst (laughs) is Jim would like still, he would never fully, fully fess up. He would know and he would accept that he's going to get ball tap, but like he would just never fess up to like, he was just straight up screen watching and Everyone does it to a degree, but Jim did it to such a degree that it was like, dude, you're you're in a firefight with somebody else, and you still screen watch me as I was about to snipe you, and you ducked out of the way, just out of the blue. What lucky timing? And, <laughs> I don't know what yeah, you're talking exactly. About. He just will never be that guy that just finally confesses. Like, yep, I did it really bad. Look, learn the map, even scrub. Learn the map. To, Look, if I can know where you are, you should know where I am. Bunch of, you know, he's going against a bunch of people who like just started the game a week ago he was relentless like he's not that guy that you should ever play with in any game to ease you into a game because he won't take it easy at all like if you pick up uh mario kart 64 for the first time with jim and he's like one of the best players i've seen at that like from our friends he won't take it easy. like he won't like he won't help he won't easy ease it into you at all he's just gonna you know be shitty, take all the shortcuts, and yeah. Cream, Jim, am I wrong? Cream rises to the crop, right? If I can quote the Macho Man <laughs> Randy Savage. Uh, it's actually cream rises to the top, not to the crop. I'm the cream of the crop, right? Because uh, I was quoting Randy Savage. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would... Uh, I have so little. Just I'm let a- me have my <laughs> So, Jim and I, we're, as he said, we're oddly in complete agreement, but just on different sides so um unfortunately i think it's it's very odd to think of halo anymore because like you said there still seems to be some diehards but i feel like anymore the diehards for halo are secretly just diehards for microsoft no it, it isn't that like there are a lot of streamers who like they pop into master chief collection and master chief collection was a turd when it first released but they eventually patched it to be good but like as they add games to it, people are like, oh, shit, I'm playing Halo 3 again. This is fucking awesome, and it's, like, fun. So, yeah, like, I think it's just more, like, our generation. Like, I can't imagine kids today being like, oh, boy, Halo. Yeah, they wouldn't be as blown. I mean, yeah, that's the problem is just, like, going back to some old NES game or whatever. Like, you're not going to be blown away by the thing that kind of cemented what you're so used to today. That would so. that would be like to keep it with the Microsoft and the Bungie connection. That would be like someone in 2000, like, you know, seeing a marathon collection and be like, oh boy, marathon, and like thinking that a kid would ever care about it. Yeah, 
No, that's definitely true. But here we are. So I'm very curious. Anyone below, um, let us know what you think. Do you think it's overrated? Do you think it's underrated? Um, and we're talking about the entire series, so not just one or two specific games. Yep. So, Jim, with that, how has that uh, 10% stout, and I can't remember the name, how is that treating you? The 4th Anniversary Imperial Vanilla Stout. Good. Um, here, here's the thing with this. I would not recommend it after a hazy double IPA because my tummy right now. <laughs> that's a ter- Yeah, that's a terrible combination. A- after finishing this, my tummy right now is it's been better. But um, the, when I took my first couple sips of it, you'll see it in the video of this. Like I was like, wow, holy shit, because it was like almost more vanilla than anything with like the little hints of stout afterwards. But the more mm-hmm. you drink of it, the more the stout comes through and the vanilla kind of tapers off a bit. But yeah, it's no, this is really tasty. I think, like I said, my combination was bad tonight. But <laughs> if you're looking for a good vanilla stout, I can I, I would say go for this. This is a damn good one. Um, one thing I'm actually very happy that you're doing that box or Sandy got that for you, right? Oh yeah. I'm very happy because this has forced you to start trying more stouts because you were not big stout. No, I, I have been drinking way more stouts than I ever have before I've been getting these boxes. And can you agree they're goddamn delicious? No, there's a lot of great stouts out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, my combination is... I won't say design, but I picked it knowing what I had available to be very easy. That Oktoberfest, like I said, that's a little heavier um, for a Marzen style. It's still, it's not a session beer by any stretch of imagination, but it still goes down really smooth. And the Kolsch, I mean, this shit is like, even with the flavor it has, it goes down like water. It's like a Miller Bud, just with a little bit more malt. So the for two German style style beers... It was a perfect combination. Um, I'd recommend either one if you ever find them. And like I said, Shiner, that has to be one of the most popular brands coming out of Texas. So with that, we want to say thank you, everyone, who's continued to watch, support us, comment. And if you're not already, please make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. We're available wherever, wherever podcasts are. So you got iTunes, Spotify. And if you didn't, Please make sure to give us a rating. If you can, give us a five. Even if you want to bash us in the comments, let us know what you think. Right. And if there's ever any topics you want to hear us talk about or you know discuss, send them <laughs> really? our way. We're available the on Twitter cuts out. and he's everywhere He's probably else. talking right now but as he's that, cut out on my say end of Skype. And cheers, guys. And the Skype call crit. Great. All right, let me try calling him again. God damn it. <laughs> it had to crap out at the very end. Is that you or me? I think, it, to me, it was you who crapped out. Like, you just went silent in the middle of your spiel, and then, like, it just died. Well, you're, the, the call just ended for me. It just said you hung up. Yeah, it but... did the same for me, so who knows. Um, Did you continue with the cheers, or did you just stop? No, I started laughing at the fact that in the middle of you talking, and it just went out, and I was like, oh, he's probably talking <clears> right <throat> now, and I can't hear him. Yeah. All right. So then we'll just, we, I, just I did redo the whole it. spiel. No, I just did the whole spiel. So now I'll say, all right. And with that, guys, all right, on three, two, one. All right. So, of course, technical issue at the end. And with that, guys, we want to say thank you once again and cheers. Cheers. <laughs>